0: Drugs connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing how climatarians are shaping the food and beverage industry and tea drops the bath bombs for tea. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, food industry journalist and webinar moderator at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Mira Nabolsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about a new diet or rather a new lifestyle that's been gaining a lot of traction over the last few years. So we've all heard of vegetarians and pescatarians and vegans, plant-based eaters but the new lifestyle that I've come across is called climatarian. So we know that vegetarians stick to mainly vegetables and pescatarians add fish to the equation, but climatarians, according to Cambridge dictionary, choose what to eat according to what is least harmful to the environment. So I've found uh, in a little bit of research that these climate friendly eaters are really shaping the future of the food and beverage industry Um, but it's a little more of a complex diet than, than it sounds like, um, a key aspect of living an environmentally conscious life comes from food choices, which include the food itself and also the packaging that it comes in. So more and more consumers, mainly younger consumers, millennials and Gen Z are demanding products that not only claim to be sustainably made, but prove it, um, you know, being produced via renewable systems um, that embrace a more holistic approach. So products that consider the impact on land, people, communities, and overall wellness. Um, and if you're a food and beverage brand, to you this may sound like a really unrealistic, expensive overhaul of all of your operations. Basically you have to change everything you're doing um, if you're not taking those things into consideration. Uh, But a lot of other food and beverage brands are realizing the need to cater to the increasing number of climatarians um, and those who are interested in reducing their carbon footprint. So we already know this, but animal agriculture continues to be among the largest emitters of greenhouse gases around the world. But the question is, how can food and beverage brands uh, make consumers aware of a product's carbon footprint? Because as of now, you can go to a store and pick up, you know, a steak and you'll have no idea the impact the steak has, you know, on the environment. Or you might know and choose to ignore it. Like me, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But some restaurant chains have have already implemented Climatarian menus. So Panera Bread, really big chain, for example, they partnered with World Resources Institute and they introduced the Cool Food Meal Certification, which is a carbon label on its menus. Uh, Other restaurants that have done similar things are Just Salad and Chipotle, um, and they've also marked items – you know, with carbon footprint labels as well. And since Just Salad added its climaterian menu in September of 2020, over 10% of salads uh, that have been purchased came from that menu. So it's definitely gaining traction. Uh, But not only restaurants are doing this, it's also grocery stores, um, smaller ones, mind you, but there's one called New Seasons Market, and they practice sustainability by partnering with local food producers, and they're also seeking to include more information for consumers about its products. And another grocery store in the UK, Sainsbury's, which is the UK's largest grocery chain, they invested $1.3 billion to reduce uh, their emissions to net zero by 2040. So it's slowly but surely gaining traction across the industry. But, you know, accommodating to climatarians is a lot more complex than just using renewable energy and recyclable packaging during a product's life cycle. So food and beverage brands who are trying to accommodate, they have to take seasonality into account. Uh, Because for the most part, climaterians consume fruits and vegetables that are in season relative to their region, because out of season produce would require a lot more resources and energy to get from farm to plate. And then some take it even further uh, by avoiding certain foods entirely. Um, so for example, a plant-based eater might consume avocados for health benefits, um, and you know, they're just really good, but climatarians could argue that avocados are too carbon intensive to transport, um, and their farms have depleted lakes and rivers across, you know, South, South Africa and to sustain, only to sustain America's guacamole obsession. So they take it a bit of a step further, um. But the majority of the diet, for example, it, it just comprises of in-season produce, whole grains, some nuts, legumes, and seeds, and you could optionally include meat, dairy, seafood, eggs, coffee, and tea. Um, but ultra-processed foods, um, like industrially produced animal products, junk foods, and sugar-sweetened beverages are largely avoided. But like most diets, there's no clear-cut rules for, for climaterians. The system is, is mostly about uh, flexibility. Um, but one thing that I compared it to in the article is the implementation of calorie counts on menus. So if that successful implementation can serve as an example, I think that climate labels and products with climatarian values in mind definitely stand a good chance at shifting consumers' perspectives, um, as a recent study actually showed. Um, but since, you know. Food kind of remains somewhat of a low-hanging fruit in the climate equation, but I think now there's no better opportunity um, for food and beverage brands to slowly but surely shift their practices and help educate consumers, um, you know, and also accommodate existing climatarians. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this diet. Um, I know I've thrown a lot at you, but what do you think of a climatarian diet? And do you think that going forward, we're going to start seeing more like carbon labels and more food and beverage brands trying to reduce their carbon footprint?
2: So I wanted to say that um, I grew up in the Middle East. And in the Middle East, it was actually where climatarians by nature in the sense of, So we only eat fruits and vegetables that are in season. So a lot of the time when I'm here and I'm like, oh, and like in Canada, and I'm like, oh, strawberries, oh, but they're not in season. And then someone from Canada goes, wait, they're always at the supermarket. And when I first came here, I didn't understand that concept. Because like where I grew up in Jordan, it was like, strawberry season is strawberry season and we only had strawberries in these months you know so it's kind of it amazed me to see how north america always has these fruits and vegetables but now when i learn more about you know climate change and carbon footprints i realize the effect it actually has on the planet so this whole plant you know climatarian concept is something i really enjoyed hearing about uh personally i think this is something that we all need to find in ourselves to practice, if that makes sense. Because otherwise, it's like we are spending so much on, like, you know, importing avocados and importing strawberries and mangoes and whatnot. And it's it's pretty crazy. I had no idea, like, the effect it actually has on the planet. And companies taking that step forward to be, you know, to label their carbon footprint, hopefully that kind of becomes like a, like a vegan logo or something, you know, where it, like, we we know more about what we're doing when we consume a specific product. Yeah, I don't know, I'm really intrigued by all of this.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think um that it's really great that like the focus is on um, seasonal foods and how like Mira was saying, like in many countries around the world, that's how people eat, right? They eat seasonal. It's just, you know, in Western countries, like North American countries in Europe, I think we have this like thing where, you know, we we just have this need or this demand for, for things um, year round, like strawberries and, and so many other, you know, things i mean in canada like we have like what six months of winter it's not six months but like we're getting avocados and strawberries and everything um so it's really uh it's really cool that like companies and and people are you know uh, leaning towards this kind of a diet and i think it's it's a more natural diet and it's I I would think it's healthier for you as well, right? And also like by the time you get a lot of these fruits and produce from like places in Mexico or in California, um, you know, my mom always notices it's like, it just doesn't taste the same. Like the fruit doesn't have that, you know, freshness. I mean, I think sometimes they're like, picked um unripe and then they're put in crates and then it's just the whole process is 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 um kind of synthetic and not natural and so by the time you get like the food on your plate it doesn't have that freshness like the tomato doesn't taste the same as say if you grow it out in your backyard in the summer so um i think taste is compromised quality is compromised when you know we've been engaging in these kinds of practices of having non-seasonal foods um at our service year round.
2: But you know what is crazy? Like when you think about it, it's like there are seasonal fruits. I mean vegetables and themes that happen throughout the year. So like around Thanksgiving or like around the autumn time, you're suddenly seeing, you know, squash pasta and um, pumpkin soup and pies and things like that. So the idea of seasonal exists, but it's like, And those are from, yeah, Yeah. those are from the older
3: traditions, too, right? So, you know, harvest and all of the sort of um, foods that were associated with with the harvest, like pumpkins are seasonal around that time. So we still have retained some
2: of those traditions culturally, but...
3: Yeah. Like, not it's not the end of the world if scale. we don't
2: have strawberries halfway through the year. You know yeah. what I mean? It makes I mean, I having... love them with my oatmeal yeah. every day. <laughs> those are just no, so bad. You I feel use... guilty about yeah. it sometimes. But... but, like, it also creates a change, I feel, in our lifestyle. Like, you know, like, now it's mango season. It's yeah. the summer. Everyone loves mango. And suddenly mango ice cream is everywhere. And it makes it exciting to have a mango ice cream. To look forward to something. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's, like, I don't know. I remember growing up and uh, we had these little... um in Arabic, they're called jaranek, okay? But in English, they're like these little green apples, okay? And they are so good. And they only come out for like a month of the year. And in that month, we're all about Going it. And wild. we're just eating it, consuming it all the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's exciting. And I don't find that happens in the Western world. And I don't know, the idea of climatarians, actually, I feel like I would, Label myself as one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These are really, really good points. And while you were guys talking about seasonality, I just thought like, you know, having grown up in Canada my whole life, I was never really taught which fruits were in season at right. what time because they're always available. And to your point, though, you can taste the difference. But since they're always available, I never really We don't knew. know that. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. We don't know exactly. Know we don't know. So I think becoming a climatarian, you definitely, there's a lot of self-education involved. You have to figure out, you know, which produce is in season um, and, you know, Just your overall consumption um of of different fruits outside of produce like nuts as well. Um, I think we were talking about uh almonds being really water intensive to produce as well. So that's something a climatarian may take into consideration. But for many, it's hard to cut out entire foods if you've been eating them. So I think the key is just eating them in moderation and trying to get them as sustainably sourced as possible. And you know, some may say it's it's a more expensive diet, but if you're always eating foods that are in season, maybe maybe that actually would be a little bit cheaper because I find that fruits and vegetables when they're out of season, the price is up because it takes more money to, you know, to, to import them and, and things like that. Um and to your other point about um Climate or carbon labels, Mira, I actually interviewed uh, someone on the podcast a few, uh, maybe months at this point back, and there's a company called Carbon Neutral, I believe, and they partner with food and beverage brands to put a uh, carbon label on their product. So at this point, it's very much the onus is on the company Right to reduce uh, their their carbon footprint, um, but it like you guys said, it's great that companies are starting to take initiative, um, and and I I'm excited to see where, where this trend is going.
3: Maybe this trend is going towards, um, yeah, more natural-based eating, which I think this is what what this kind of a diet promotes. And, you know, uh, shopping at your local farmer's markets and things mm-hmm. like that and really promote uh, local food and local farming. So I think it's a huge plus um, health-wise, industry-wise, and yeah and for the taste thing I like you know I, I used to hear this from my mom all the time growing up like she grew up in Pakistan and she'd be like oh you know the fruits taste like crap here and the produce like... hundred <laughs> percent. so but you know for me someone like me who was born and raised in Canada I was like I didn't really like I was like okay because I didn't know anything else right but it was you know when we started growing vegetables and things in you know our, our garden growing up and, and then I'd have like a tomato from the backyard and I am like oh wow, like this, this, this tastes so much better than like, yeah, this stuff you can you get at the supermarket year round. So
2: yeah, yeah that was the like, first thing I noticed when I got here. Like, it was exciting to see, you know, straw, I love strawberries, which is why I bring up strawberries, yeah. but like peaches and things like that, that used to be um, something I look forward to throughout the year growing up here, it was like available. So I was like, Oh, my God, this is amazing, you know, having yeah. all these stuff available. And then I I actually don't like fruit anymore because it tastes the quality so bland. the taste yeah the taste is weird the texture is weird but then when I go home all I do is eat fruits <laughs> you know so it it really shows that you know genetically modifying does have an effect on the, the 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 substance the the flavors and the nutrients of a fruit but also getting them here has a much larger impact than we even acknowledge or know so I feel like This could actually make a change in terms of climate change, rather than, you know, cutting out meats and vegetables and whatever else, you know, vegans and stuff promote, but, you know, rather taking a step back and realizing, okay, have all this stuff, just have it. When
3: it's in season.
2: When it's in season, exactly. And available locally. Exactly. And it makes more sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense.
3: Makes sense to me too.
1: (laughs) yeah like we wait for this summer to come around we can wait for certain fruits and
3: vegetables to come around (laughs) yeah yeah kind of the same thing with the weathers and you know different weather we have in seasons well the foods should go along with it
2: (laughs) yeah so anyway i'll pass it over to you Mira. Thank you. So uh, continuing on with the idea of climatarians, I'm talking more about sustainability and about this company called Tea Drops. So they're actually bath bombs for tea. Um, The company Tea Drops is a California-based startup and they raised $5 million in a Series A funding round led by Brand Project. So, the reason this company caught my attention is because they offer consumers bagless and dissolvable tea blends that eliminate traditional tea bags and reduce waste. Now, I didn't know this before, but some tea bags are bad for the environment because they are made of nanoplastics, glue, bleaches, and other chemicals that are consumed and thrown out. So, according to a study from McGill University, one cup of tea from a gourmet tea bag, uh, usually composed of PET or nylon, has 11.6 billion microplastics and 3.1 billion nanoplastic particles. That's crazy to me. So tea tea drops are committed to the environment by making sure their tea, there's no waste. Um, So each drop is made of ground and organic tea, raw sugar, and spices which eliminate the use of tea bags, sugar, and sweetener packets. They also are individually wrapped for easy on the go convenience, but the packaging is 100% recyclable. Uh, their cardboard tea boxes are 100% biodegradable and compostable. And their products that come in wooden boxes are actually multi purpose packaging. So you could use this box for other things in your household, and they are decorative. So, uh, you know, using them as packaging for a second life. So after this round of funding led by Brand Project, Tea Drops will have a total funding of $8.4 million, and they will use this money to grow the direct-to-consumer model into an omni-channel business. So the inspiration of this company came from the founder, um, Sashi Chandran, who um, has a Chinese mother and a Sri Lankan father, so tea was a staple in her family home, and her desire to sip on high-tea quality made it convenient for her to create this inspired company. She was looking for an environmentally friendly product that eliminates the waste of tea bags, but also look for ways to reduce mess and stress of using loose, te- uh, loose leaf tea. So now that we all know um, what this company is, the company builds on this idea of the trendy bath bombs. So their idea is to throw a tea bomb into um, a cup of water, similarly throwing a bath bomb into a bathtub. And all you need to do is either boil your water or you can make an iced tea, drop the tea bomb and then stir. And then you've got your cup of tea. So you don't need to, you know, uh, open up a package, open up a box, remove the tea, put the tea bag in, take the tea bag out. It kind of all just stirs into your cup. So the company is also entirely run by women, which I find very interesting. Since its launch, they've built an online community of over 200,000 people. And they have fans such as Chrissy Teigen, Oprah Winfrey, and Tori Birch. They also give back to the community from the start. They partner with a company called Thirst Project, where they've built over four water wells, donated water to support over 140,000 individuals. So my question to you today is, what are your thoughts on this company, this company that's fully well-rounded, charitable, sustainable, woman-forward, and targets this generation of, you know, using their trendy habits into something that they can use in their kitchen?
3: Well, I think it sounds like they have it all going for them, based on, you know, uh, you have like the environmental component, like the the health component, you know, with all those microplastics, that's bad for the environment, you know, for for health and things like that. And I think, you know, with the uh, women centric, uh, being a women centric company, I think they're really hitting a lot here with this, um, which is really great. Uh, but I just hope that the product lives up to all that it's going for right so so just to clarify is this this um, tea bomb like um, is it like loose leaf tea that's just compressed into like a like a bomb or like a little sphere and then you just drop that into your tea
2: yeah so okay. basically they have um, a couple of different kinds of products but their main one it is- it's exactly that. It's compressed tea leaves into a, a shape and they have fun shapes. So you have like a star or a cube or a heart or whatever it is. And in this shape, you've got, you know, your sweetener, your sugar, your whatever. You, you can also choose an unsweetened version. So and those flavors. come, yeah, and those come in like um, tea drop shapes. So it looks like an eye drop a teardrop rather yeah Yeah, and those you can also put into your tea um they also have um they just launched bubba so like bubble tea um and things like that so they're kind of the idea of exactly that you drop it in and um pointing out the whole woman forward or woman-centric approach it's because the, the the founder found that they are modernizing an ancient and cultural ritual and practices that have been mainly, you know, been done by women. women so women yeah. would sit around, you know, mom and daughter with a cup of tea talking or like, you know, women sitting in a circle having tea and this whole idea of women creating well, stories by drinking tea. Yeah, And they're trying to modernize that whole ancient cultural practice into a more modern one which I I thought was pretty interesting
3: I know that a lot of men in a lot of
2: different cultures also enjoy their tea yeah yeah yeah.
3: but I was actually thinking about more in terms of like um sort of the tea industry and I know in a lot of countries where tea is grown like I think in Sri Lanka right they have huge um huge uh industry there, I think it's mostly women that are out in the fields yeah. picking the tea. So maybe that that's a component there as well to, to sort of bring awareness to that, How, um, the role of women in in tea, I think cultivating tea and picking the tea and, and, and tea production itself maybe as well. So that's really cool. Um, the other thing is I had no idea really that tea bags contained all of these components that you were listing off from like yeah. bleach to like micro plastics and I was surprised I thought they were biodegradable and you know I always felt good about it i <laughs> just <laughs> taking my tea bag out like okay put in the compost and yeah. we're good to go so uh wow I had no idea about that and
2: glue like I never thought oh my God, about glue. it but the top Jeez, is glued yeah. on so yeah, like yeah. all this stuff is melting into oh my God. tea and I, I was when I read that stat I was like <laughs> I never actually thought about this before It's like the idea of tea right yep. and now I'm like it's actually one of the main um beverages consumed by people um I think it's yeah it's the most Have coffee consumed- surpassed it yet though uh, I'm not so sure, but according to the press release that they put out, they said that tea is the most consumed, most consumed beverage consumed. globally after water. Mm, and wow. there's been hardly any, any, hardly any innovation in this field other than loose tea, um, infusions.
3: Are, uh, it, are like tea bags more of a Western thing? Because may, maybe in other parts of the world, they still do loose leaf. Um, I don't know, but...
2: I'm not sure. Yeah, to be we're honest. just doing a
3: lot of things badly. <laughs> we think we're doing them better, yeah. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Yeah, when I first saw the image, because um, it, it's it's hard to picture at first, but the image actually reminds me of um, Alka-Seltzer, um, like the tablet that you drop into water. I think oh. it helps with like. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Uh, indigestion or Or something like that yeah or tums like you just drop (laughs) it into water and it kind of fizzes a lot and it obviously it's a completely different concept but so so that's not new and tea isn't new but the combination of the two is definitely a really new and cool innovation um and the one question that i had is um I guess you have a little bit less control over the sat uh, like the the flavor. Um, you know, because when you have a tea bag, you can kind of steep it as long as you'd like. So I'm guessing they kind of went with a kind of like a neutral amount of flavor in the balm. Like, did they did they get into that at all,
3: or is it the same idea? Like, you would steep or let it sit for however long you want, and like dissolve? kind of drink it
2: immediately, or yeah. dissolve.
3: You know, may you not have to dissolve the whole thing, or I don't know.
2: To- Honestly, that's a good point, and I don't recall um that being mentioned but typically i think maybe the company goes by the approach of um you know how like if you were to buy an earl green tea you'd have to seep it for three to five minutes for it to be a specific consistency in the water right so every kind of tea has a different sort of time frame um maybe they built a on that basis but honestly I don't know that this is just me assuming but that's a really good point I I didn't I didn't see that in my research
1: other than that though they kind of yeah they check off all the boxes in terms of being like a really well-rounded company I guess the only thing that's left is you know for consumers to to discern whether or not they like the taste and if if it's generally a positive then I think they'll definitely go really really far in the industry be a disruptor, as as they say. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, with that, that brings us to the end of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find Xtalks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings,